0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Hubtype internal podcast. This week we are joined by Vanessa, our head of revenue. Hello Vanessa.
1: Hey Gordon, how are
0: you? (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. The intros are always a bit weird because they feel so false because we've just already said hello. That
1: wasn't false, that was, I mean, we were (laughs) greeting
0: each other, right? And we've just sat through a half an hour revenue meeting, so yeah, Yeah. it's kind of weird. (laughs) Okay, um, I'll do a little intro for you. Um, Vanessa, originally from California. San Francisco, am I right? Is,
1: is, yes, is I'm one? from a little town outside of San Francisco called Belmont, but since nobody knows it, I just say San Francisco.
0: Okay, um, graduate mm-hmm. of Santa Barbara, is that right? Yes, Santa Barbara, and proud dog mom of Kenya. That's true, absolutely right. What was it like growing up in California? Just out of curiosity before we start, because like that's kind of like what we receive in Europe in all our movies I imagine it was all like you know like I don't know drinks by the beach and red cups everywhere
1: well contrary to popular belief I don't I didn't surf to school growing up Um, and there weren't there weren't palm trees all around me because the town where I grew up is kind of just like a small town in California Um, nothing special nothing out of the movies But actually where I went to college was exactly like what you imagine California would be (laughs) uh, because there were palm trees everywhere and a lot of people did surf. So yeah, up until the age of 18, I didn't understand like what people thought of California. And then afterwards I was like, oh, okay, this is what people imagine when they think of California. So it was cool. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's weird because like, especially the U.S., like I, uh, this isn't part of my questions i'm just riffing here yeah. but like the u.s college experience is, again like something we all like we just get in our movies all the time like you yeah. know the classic frat party the, the 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 crazy pranks anything like that actually happened or is it a little bit i mean obviously well, the party but
1: mark and i actually have a funny story about him asking about my college experience and maybe one day over beers we can tell that story but <laughs> okay. actually um if you think about. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the movies and like the the Red Cups and the frat parties, my college experience was kind of like that. Um, but it, it was a, a good school, like a difficult to get into school. So there was also a lot of studying, which the movies doesn't show, that mm. they don't show. But um, when we weren't studying, it was a lot of frat parties and like parties on the beach. And my college was actually really um, famous for the the Halloween party. So, wow. Yeah. It's kind of like the movies.
0: (laughs) As somebody who went to university in Glasgow, I can tell you it was a very, very different experience. A lot of alcohol, (laughs) a lot of parties, but it was a lot more like grungy, shall we say. That sounds fun. A lot more like old Victorian buildings that people had rented out and like you were in parties and you were just like, what is going on here? It's too dark, things smell weird. What is this?
1: It sounds so wrong to like (laughs) an old beautiful Victorian building with like beer and a, fr- a party, but I'm sure that must've been a nice place to enjoy your college experience in. Uh,
0: Nice is not the word. I, I think I'll <laughs> use the classic. It was character building, you know, All right. character building. Um, makes sense. So uh, actually on the topic of uh, college, uh, cast your mind <laughs> back to uh, 2006. I think uh, George W would be in the White House. Um, Nelly Furtado with Promiscuous would have been on. Great tune. <laughs> Um, and you were at the University of Madrid for a bit, am I right? Is that your year yeah. abroad? What was that?
1: Yeah, I went to Universidad Carlos Tercero, which is like this college, um, it was it had like a an affinity, or like the uh, education abroad program was tied with my college, oh. and so it was like it's this school outside of Madrid in this little town called Getafe, and it was my first foray into the studying abroad and living abroad thing, which became kind of a theme throughout the rest of my <laughs> life. But yeah, it was um, I mean, the school itself was OK, but the experience was awesome because Madrid's an amazing place. And, you know, and as a 19 year old who had never left California, it was a good place to to land.
0: Well, they must have done something because, you know, you've, you've kind of Spain hasn't been able to get rid of you yet. <laughs>
1: It's true. I hope they I hope they never get rid of me. Um, but yeah, I actually, it's not on my LinkedIn, but I actually missed Spain so much that I found another reason to study abroad again in two thousand and seven back. Um and so I came back and and stayed at the Universidad Complutense, which is actually in Madrid and did like a summer abroad studying Spanish literature. But it was always just an excuse. To- be
0: in Spain. <laughs> what, was it, what is it about Spain that, that I mean, because like, again, you've, you're like, California's kind of got a Mediterranean climate, so it can't just be like the weather, you know, you're not just like a typical northern European where it's, you know, you're looking to escape the 10 months of winter.
1: Yeah, yeah, actually, I would say California, the weather is a bit better oh, than it is here.
0: Controversial Sorry opinions. Sorry all
1: the Spaniards listening.
0: We said no uh-huh. controversial opinions. But... <laughs> I know,
1: we're gonna have to edit some of these things out. <laughs> Maybe, maybe the party talk in the beginning, but um, I don't know. I think, well, like the European lifestyle is so different, like the plaza culture. And also I, I grew up speaking a bit of Spanish. And so I always wanted to be close to Spanish, Spanish as a language and also like Spanish literature. So I don't know. There's something about Spain that always kind of brought me in and they, I, you know, I haven't left yet. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I an can, amazing place to live. I can speak to that. I've not managed to get yeah. out yet either. Yeah, Geary's coming here, ruining everything. Yeah. Um So um, I saw that back in. So this must have been either just after you graduated or while you were at university. You got a job at Salesforce back in the early days. How did that yeah. come about?
1: Yeah. So well, I was about to graduate in 2008, and if you remember, 2008 was sort of a rough year um, in oh, the god, states. Oh yeah.
0: god. Well, yeah. the, the, the global oh, everywhere. For any Gen Z listeners, things were bad in 2008.
1: Exactly, so <laughs> uh, I I decided I don't want to graduate quite yet. How do I extend the college experience? And I, I want to learn more about business. So I actually s- signed up for, it's called like a mini MBA. Okay. Um, so I did like a mini MBA program. It was kind of like business summer camp, but it was taught on the Stanford campus and with like really cool, smart wow. people and MBA professors. And so I did like, um, a crash course on business. And of course, um, you know, we were in the Bay area and Silicon Valley. And so each week different companies would come and present. And so somebody presented about Salesforce and I thought that that was really interesting, but also like Oracle and Google came and presented. And so I was applying for all of those companies, but unfortunately in 2008, every single company did a hiring freeze. And the only company still hiring was Salesforce. So I was very lucky to get into like the last class of hires in Salesforce before they did their hiring freeze as well. And so it was just pure luck that I ended up there, but because I really actually wanted to work at Oracle, but now looking back, I'm so grateful to work at Salesforce because there was only a thousand, I think I was employee like a thousand or something like that. And I learned everything about software as a service, cloud computing, you know how it's the future because then it was the future.
0: <laughs>
1: and, um, I, you know, basically started my sales career there, and it's kind of like the best place to start your sales career because you learn everything about sales. So I got really lucky, and it was just yeah, pure luck that I ended up there.
0: Yeah, it's. I feel. I feel like Salesforce were the people that really established like SaaS marketing and SaaS sales, yeah, right? Like I probably. don't because even like I'm trying to even think like even the big marketing ones like HubSpot came well after Salesforce.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was working there the plan was to become a 5 billion dollar company and now I mean I don't know how much they're worth but it's much more than that and you know a thousand employees and now I think they have like over 50,000 employees so it's crazy to see how it's grown. Um and I remember being really like getting a lot like being starstruck when I saw Mark Benioff walk down the
0: hall
1: <laughs> is that Mark Benioff. <laughs> he's
0: worth so much money. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, he's just so smart. And he's really tall. I was surprised. I think he's like six five or something. I was
0: like, oh my god. <laughs> Mark so, Benioff. This is a side was a weird correlation between height and CEOs. Like apparently they're all like well above average height, both men and women. Really? Yeah, but like, apparently it's like at least Are you in the US. That up? No, like, Google it. For any okay. of our listeners, you can Google it. For any of our two listeners, I should say. Yeah. If anybody's still listening, <laughs> if it's not just me and you, somebody Google it <laughs> fact check I'll, us.
1: Google it. I'll Google it
0: afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and then comment on under this uh, yeah. under this post. Okay. Um, so you got obviously your background in Salesforce. Um, and you then well we'll skip ahead. So how did you how did you come to get hired at, at Hubtype?
1: Okay. Um the the, 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 clean
0: version the the pc version
1: yeah um so basically well i i was working I'll, i'll give a little background i was working in san francisco i made the move to spain back in 2013 and then i was working at a company here that actually sponsored me got me my papers called wisby so it was like in a similar space um and i was really happy there no plans of ever leaving um things were going really well and then one day a friend of mine called me and said hey I know these guys, they have this company, it's called Hubtype, and I think you should meet them. And so I came one day and I met Mark. I hadn't met Eric at that point, And he kind of explained to me the vision. And I remember walking away that day being like, hmm, this is really cool, like I'm a bit intrigued. And I remember writing to Mark that day saying, hey, like, I really enjoyed meeting you, but I'm not gonna leave my company. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll meet your co-founder because he kept pushing me to meet Eric. But, just so you guys know nothing's gonna happen and then the next time i came i met mark and eric they explained to me the vision again and i was kind of sold at that point and then um i came to sexy beers i think a week later and met here. the rest of the team and from <laughs> then on the rest was history i was like okay i'm joining this company um so yeah that that's kind of the long story short version of it but also one thing that's interesting is that, you know, in my previous role, I was selling something that sits on a website mm-hmm. and I was selling to Skoda South Korea or yeah, an automotive company in South Korea. And they were like, Hey, Vanessa, this is really interesting, but actually nobody goes to the website in South Korea. everyone spend, spends all their time on their messaging apps. And they have like mini apps within the app, within the messaging app. I think it's called kick. And I was like, Oh, that, that's really weird. And they were, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, wow, nobody goes to websites, that's crazy. (laughs) And now, fast forward five years later, I realize that I don't go to websites anymore. I spend all my time within WhatsApp and that's kind of the vision of Hubtype as well. So I really see the future here. And besides the team uh, and the sexy beers that I had with them, um, that was also another reason that I really believe in these channels.
0: Our company's use of sexy beers to sign new employees is somewhat questionable. Like, do, do people sign contracts when they're under the influence? I don't know. Maybe Kike should look well, into this. I did. So we. It seems to be our go-to too. a
1: verbal contract.
0: <laughs> we like cause none of us are experts in Spanish law. They're like, well, you work for us now. See you Monday.
1: Signed, yeah. Signed on a, a napkin, you know. <laughs>
0: It's legally binding.
1: This works,
0: right? <laughs> um, so, actually, I've, not, I've realized we've not even done this. Can, for people who don't know, could you give us a, a quick rundown of, uh, your, tip, of like, your job and your typical day um, at Hubtype?
1: All right. Well, um, I think everyone on our team knows that I'm, like, a super morning person. Um, so I wake up really early, usually, and try to work out or meditate before I start the day. Um, And then we usually start um, at 9.30, we have our revenue team meeting, but usually I've done uh, uh, several things before that um, because I'm useless in the evenings. So I try to get as much done in the morning as I can. Um, So we do our revenue team meeting where we all align. Um, On Tuesdays and Thursdays also, we try to go to the office. So I like to see people in person. And then my day is a mixture of client meetings. So first meetings, follow-up meetings, basically selling and trying to actually bring clients on at Hubtype. And then sometimes I'm meeting also with the clients that we've brought on already, like um, well, Allianz or InnoCells. And then um, a lot of internal meetings, so aligning on process with Keiko uh, aligning on, you know, the vision and the pitch with Mark, so things like that. A lot of alignment.
0: <laughs> Everything has to be in line. Yeah. It's not. That's it all goes to shit.
1: I wake up early and then I align all day <laughs> in my life.
0: Um, yeah. Well, yeah, you and you and I are like mid or opposite like sleeping habits. I am like I take so long to ramp up. I need like a liter of caffeine before I am remotely useful useful to anyone. And then the evening, I'm quite like aware of what's going on. But morning, no. Do you think like because you're a you're a qualified yoga instructor, right? Oh yeah. Uh, quick question: sure What's the qualification <laughs> process like? Is it a hard exam? Is there theory?
1: That is a really good question actually. Um, so I think that there's an association called the Yoga Alliance where if you do, I think I had to do 200 hours, which was like, oh my god, that's, one like month. A, that's like a pilot, yeah, yeah. So it was one month of yoga. Um, but even still, I think most yoga instructors, if you go to a yoga class, they I mean, if they just did 200 hours, you won't be in that class. So even though I've done and I'm certified, um, I'm You'll never catch me teaching a yoga class. I just did it kind of for fun.
0: Okay. But uh, Do you think yeah. that, Do you think that yoga and and sales combine quite well?
1: Absolutely. They're yes. very
0: different. No.
1: Yeah. Well, I think so because sales is such a. Uh, there are so many ups and downs that if you don't find a way to manage the stress and manage the the roller coaster ride, I mean, you'll burn out. So. I think yoga has helped me a lot in that, and I I recommend yoga or meditation, some sort of a meditation practice to all salespeople, because it's easy to get really caught up in the ups and downs of all the no's that you're getting, and the one yes, it's really easy to to ride that wave. So I think yoga helps a lot in that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: What would you say is the most frustrating part of, of sales and enterprise?
1: I mean, the most frustrating part in enterprise sales for sure is that it's not, you don't get a lot of quick wins. You don't get that uh, that rush of a, a transactional sale. So in the beginning of my career, I was selling to SMBs and I could close like three or four deals in a day or in a week. Um, but with enterprise, it's not like that. It's like you have one deal that could either make or break your year. And so that's very stressful. But the nice thing about enterprise is that you're working with these big accounts. The deal sizes are so much bigger. It's a lot more strategic. There's a lot more relationship building. So I actually prefer enterprise. But yeah, the most frustrating part is how slow it can be and how you're taking baby steps to get towards a big goal rather than just closing and seeing the numbers go up on the dashboard all the time.
0: God, you would need meditation for that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Especially yes. when
0: somebody's giving you a verbal okay and they're just then ghosting you. You're like, please. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it happens. Um. So when you're like at parties or or um, you're at what was that thing? You went to like a private members only club. Like, oh, you know, yeah. one of these situations and people. Uh, and you you tell people what you do. What's like the classic misconception people have that you go like, no, that's not quite it. Or just yeah. the thing that makes you roll your eyes internally?
1: That's a really good question. Well, I think I usually, because I don't like to talk about work when I'm not at work, but I usually just tell people I'm in tech sales. And I think everyone just imagines um, like Wolf of Wall Street type or <laughs> like Glen Glenn Ross, where we're just calling and trying to push people into closing a deal. Whereas that's absolutely not the case, as you know, Gordon, we have to like provide so much value. We have to really understand customers. It's very consultative. But I think when people think about what we do, they think about us like pressuring people and you know used car salesmening them into signing a deal, and that's absolutely not the
0: case. I feel like that was sales in the eighties and nineties, and that yeah. for some reason, people just have it in their heads that that's the way everyone sells, even though it's quite different now.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It gives sales such a bad rap because they think that we're just pushing things down people's throats. But actually, especially since we're a subscription business, people have to have see value and they have to renew. So if you just force somebody to sign on a dotted line, I mean, you're not going to have a successful SaaS business because they're going to hate you and they're not going to trust you and they're not going to renew. So,
0: and I don't know if this is like relevant to enterprise, but do you feel like like two thousand okay, and eight is like not that long ago? But do you think that like things have changed in that, I don't know, I'm thinking about the way I buy things and like um, like software. And I feel like I'm like a lot more aware. Like you used to be when like, I don't know, like a HubSpot salesperson called me, I would listen to their pitch and listen to what they had to say. Whereas now I'll listen to like three seconds, I'll get back to them and I'll do a lot of yeah. research. Do you think that yeah. Do you think that customers are like, it's a different pitch now, like you're no longer like, I don't know, do you think the customers are a lot more educated or? or
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much information that you can find on the Internet about, I mean, I guess the difference is that you're not explaining to the customer the features and the functions of your product. You're talking to them more about results and other examples. And so they can find everything that they need to know about your product, probably on the website or online somewhere. But the knowledge that you have with other customers, that's kind of the difference now. It's more about Mm. selling results and business cases rather than just selling features and functions of a product. So I think that that's kind of the difference between be- before and now.
0: I always feel like selling in the past must've been pre-internet. Like, you know, how are they going to yeah. know? <laughs> you can just bullshit. They can't just I know. And make stuff up. It's like
1: you were, you were the catalog. Yeah. You know?
0: Like what are you, who are you, who, who are your alternative options? I'll tell you now and I'll just pick three terrible companies. Um, yeah. So me, me, my, my, my unfortunate, uh, sales career in the eighties would have been amazing, but um, yeah. there we go. Um, so
1: After A party at a Victorian house. <laughs>
0: but when I say Victorian, I want to clarify, I mean like it, it's Victorian and it is like derelict. Oh, okay, got not it. Like, don't think like, don't think like made in Chelsea or like fancy posh house, think like slum. Got it, got it,
1: got it. Okay, I was thinking something different then.
0: No, not that classy. Um, Okay, so we went through so um if you could fix or create one thing for HubType's Types uh, revenue team with a magic wand, what would it be? And it's one thing. Hmm, one thing. That's hard. You can't just say like, oh, we would close every client we ever spoke to. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. too easy.
1: Well, to have I mean, I guess this is similar, but like to have unlimited resources because we are a small team and we have to really prioritize but there's so much that could be done so it's like we have to do what we can with the time that we have and so if we could like magically have 48 hours in in the day instead of just
0: 24 (laughs) i think that would help a lot i don't know an endless sdr machine
1: yeah or i mean for you guys too it's like we're talking about the content plan for q3 and i'm like well we need to do all of these things and you and you guys are like no we need to prioritize it would be awesome if you could just say okay yeah
0: we'll have it tomorrow you know it's scary is there's like the the google like uh artificial intelligence for writing content is getting super good and it's kind of scary but also like yeah. how amazing will it be when you just type in be like i want this and here are the things i wanted to include in then like it's done yeah i mean that's cool it sucks, but you know, it's kind of like going to be super convenient for those of us that manage to stay in jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm I okay with wrong. writing a lot of things, obviously, but like writing is such a, I mean, if there's a, a bot that can write better than like a Hemingway, that that's a little sad, Dude, right? it
0: writes fiction better than it writes fact. It's really that's weird. Crazy. i crazy. I'll send you a link after this. Um okay. Along with this EO hype. <laughs> like- <laughs> the CEO height. Checking. Are you, this is you this checking EO my hype, bullshit. Buddy. Oh, on a podcast. Mm, I'm yeah. not sure that's true.
1: We need to get fact checkers for
0: this podcast. <laughs> I'll come back in on the next podcast, call myself out. Um, okay. So um, what's one tool or resource um, you have in your day-to-day that is like essential for you to get stuff done? Like I said, for, for Joy, it's Spotify. For Mark, it was some um, coding uh, software that, sorry, Mark, I can't remember what it was.
1: <laughs> um, for me, it's absolutely, without a doubt, my Bose headsets. Because sometimes, especially, I, I have trouble focusing, and so when I put them on, they're noise canceling, and then that combined with like a Spotify a good like concentration playlist, I can get like twice as much done as I can without them. So for sure,
0: that. I, I I'm I have the this but I have to listen to white when I really want to focus. I have to have white noise. It's really weird. Yeah, I can't listen. And
1: sometimes I even put them on without any music, and I just feel like
0: more in the zone you know it's weird i do the the same same i have my earphones in and even though i'm not listening to anything i have this like um what's it called the pomodoro um app where it's like 25 minutes of just white noise and then it's like five minutes break oh i should try that it's quite it's quite good because like once you're into the rhythm sometimes you even skip the break and you're like i am a machine today
1: (laughs) it's crazy because we're we're really not machines you know like we get distracted but these sorts of things help us to be more machine-like, which I appreciate. <laughs>
0: Sometimes you just get sad for no apparent reason, end up staring <laughs> in the fridge, being like, what can I eat?
1: <laughs> oh, this this pod- t- podcast took a dark turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me powering through a yogurt at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> a little insight into my life. Um, okay, so, okay, here's a good one. Um, if you could give a book to everyone in Hubtype, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, um, I would say probably The Power of Now. Ooh, um, I've
0: not read that one. So I've heard it. it's, it's a really good
1: book by Eckhart Tolle, and it's just about the power of being in the present moment and being mindful. And so, it's a book that I've read a couple of times, like at certain moments in my life, and it really helps. And I always go back and like re highlight things. And I think it can be applied in to anybody's life and to any like anything that you're going through. So, it's a really good one. I recommend it to everyone.
0: That's quite interesting. I guess because, like, like, especially in our world of work, like, we're always thinking about the next thing and the next month yeah. and the end of the quarter. And even when you're in a yeah. task in the moment, you're actually thinking, right, I, I, once I'm done this, I need to do this, this, this. That's quite yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also, like, we're doing everything for the outcome, but it's also like the process, you know, focusing on the process and focusing on what you're doing in that moment rather than the outcome that you want from it. It's proven that you'll get better results if you focus on the process and you're like in love with the process. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good book for, for anybody, but it's more of like a life book, not like a sales or an engineering book, you know?
0: Mm, I like it. I will add that to my to my reading list of books that I should and probably won't get around to reading.
1: Yeah, the truth is I read it once and it didn't resonate with me, but then just depending on what you're going through in your life, I mean, sometimes it resonates a lot. So if you don't like it, just put it back down and then pick it up again later.
0: Yeah, books definitely have that, right? They, they, they like yeah. mean different things at different points to you even like fiction yeah Um,
1: even fiction for sure
0: okay um so you have a billboard in plaza de catalonia you can add a phrase to it um that you want to communicate to the world or the people of plaza de catalonia um what would it be wow what a question (laughs) it's clear you've not got to the end because these are all standard questions in all the podcasts
1: Gosh, I I should have listened to the other ones to the end. Good thing nobody's listening now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a really big fan of quotes. So it's weird that I'm drawing a blank now. Um, But I would just say that, and this is me with my like woo-woo (laughs) spirituality-ness, but just that everything is connected. So I would put that there. I actually have it, I mean, in my kitchen, I have a, a board where I write different quotes. But it's a good one to remember that everything's connected. Everything you do affects somebody else. So
0: that's yeah. very true. Well, like if that. I
1: had more time to think about this, I would think of something better. But there, yeah, there's yeah, that like, for
0: now. You know, some of the like the shorter ones are more profound because you can open into them. You can read into them what, what what you want. But yeah, I like that. Everything's connected. Okay, last last question. Then we are we are done with our with uh, probably the highlight of your career, which is the the podcast right. here. Um, yes, obviously. I just I don't know where you go from here. We're, we're, the only way is down, right? This is the peak. Right, okay. <laughs> another turn <journey laughs> this podcast is taking. Um, okay, it is a, a zombie apocalypse. Um, you're in, in Barcelona in the office. You can pick one person from the type team to help you get to safety oh. over the next I don't know three days. Who are you picking and why?
1: I actually did hear this on one of the other podcasts, and I already have my answer. And it would for sure be Kike. Because I think he's like a CrossFitter, so he would be able to fight off all the zombies for me, and I would be able to cower in the corner. So <laughs> I, I don't think he would choose me, but I would for sure choose
0: him. He chose Joy because he had a really nihilistic yeah. view. He he I think he said that we're all going to die anyway, so he just wanted somebody he could have a laugh and have a drink with, which is <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one.
1: There's another one that would be awesome, and she's also like quite fit, so she could protect me.
0: But I think. Kike could fight zombies <laughs> better than Joy for some reason. You really want to be a passenger in this duel, right? What are you contributing yeah. to the survival? Like absolutely mechanism? nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> you you missed you missed one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well that wraps it up. Um, Dinesh, is there anything else you want to say to our one remaining listener? <laughs> um. If
1: they could Google the heights of the CEO, then you know, (laughs) it would (laughs) be amazing.
0: And if if I'm proven to be wrong, then please fill my social media with abuse. Yeah. (laughs) If you can find me. Okay, uh, that wraps it up. Thank you very much. And yeah, thanks for joining us, Vanessa. Thanks, Gordon. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. I'm going to
1: end the...